obviously, uh, what's happened since then is you've had the president, you've had NATO and others sort of urge both sides to back down on this. And what and about not the shooting of, any further? All right, let's say they decided to shoot down the aircraft, which they did. Then you're going to shoot the pilot as he's parachuting down, really? I think that was the, uh, wasn't that the, the groups in Syria on the other side of the border? I don't think the Turkish plane did that. I, I don't think, that think was... we know. I mean, I think that's part of the problem. And from what I can gather, you know, if it was that close to the border, that means they really weren't that far into, into Turkish airspace. Then that makes a point. That makes Putin's point. Don't you think? Um, no. I, I mean, it seems to me that if you're one step onto my lawn, uh, that's one step too many. But, you know, that's the, right, the Turks obviously decided to uh, to pursue that. Now, again, I think what this points out is the worry of that a lot of people have been voicing over the last couple of weeks with the Russians even more involved in Syria is that you could get something that would blow up into a larger battle uh, with somebody who's got an itchy trinker finger or somebody who decided to do something at the wrong time. There is that risk, obviously. Jamie, let's say you and I are neighbors, okay? And I keep saying, Jamie, stop walking on my lawn with that dopey dog of yours. The dog keeps pooping on my lawn. Let's say you keep doing it. Jamie, I'm not going to go out with a gun and shoot somebody. If you're saying that, that the, the pilot was shot from Syria, then that means they really weren't that deep into Turkish airspace. And I'm just saying, at that point in time, it seems to me that, you know, if... It, so wait, so you believe the Russian version events over the Turkish version? I just think if what you're saying is true, that would tend to corroborate the Vladimir Putin story more, which is that they weren't that far in, if even in at all, if it was people on the Syrian side, rebels shooting, or ISIS shooting, the pilots that ejected. No, it wasn't. But it wasn't ISIS. That's the thing. The Islamic State is not operating in that region. There are Turkmen rebels in that region okay. who are not friendly to the Assad regime, but they are allied with the Turks. The area that the Russians were operating in and bombing. Well, then that would be then that would be obviously a case. But it's still if they were inside of Syria and they were taking out the pilot, it makes sense because they're supporting they're they're fighting against the Assad regime and Putin's trying to prop up the Assad regime. Sure. But when you shoot it, when if you hit a plane, it's not going to just stop going forward. If it had been in Turkish airspace, it could have continued. Physics would say it would continue going until it came down. It came down in Syria. You're absolutely correct about that. But from what I understand, uh, there's no Islamic State forces in that area. This is all part all right, of. I, I got that point, but I'm only saying this sounds like they were maybe so close to the border that certainly the benefit of the doubt should have been given to the Russian plane. That's my take. Look, um, Tur Turkey has become more radicalized. This is a, something that nobody wants to talk about either. I know they're members of NATO. Turkey has not been a big supporter of the United States when it's been involved in Middle Eastern activities. They wouldn't even let our planes land there. And the second part of that is, is they become more radical as a state year after year after year. Well, I think it's a reminder that the, the area that the Russians were bombing in, again, were Turkmen who are in Syria but have ties to the Turkish, to uh, to Turkey. And so, therefore, you would expect the Turks to be a little more on their game and defensive if any Russian planes came into their airspace. To me, it just proves the point of how much of a tinderbox we are at right now where we could have something like this. I mean, it'd be one thing just to escort the plane out of your airspace or to buzz it here and there, but to shoot it down 
And, of course, then it raises the question of what the Russians will do next. Their state media has quickly turned on the Turks today uh, to accusing them of supporting the Islamic State and supporting terrorism and more. And, look, they don't share a ground border, but they certainly share the Black Sea uh, as, you know, a common border. And who knows what uh, the you know, Russians will do You know what this is response. another example of? Now, if you, if you follow my arguments, which are that the Islamic State, which has more landmass within Syria and Iraq as a result of two mistakes by Obama. Mistake number one is the president pulled out of Iraq too early. ISIS accumulated ground and Ramadi fell and Mosul fell and, and Fallujah and Tikrit at one point. And you add to that the red line issue, and he draws a red line. If Assad uses chemical weapons, there's going to be severe consequences, blah, blah, blah. America's absence in the region has now created a void. And as a result of that void, you have more chaos and more players fighting for the power that America should be leading in. That's oh, that, I mean, that's an argument that Republicans have been making, and I will, uh, would assume they're going to continue to make. Look, and even today in this news conference after the meeting between President Obama and the French President, President Francois Hollande, at the White House, Hollande was directly asked by a, a French reporter, will you be sending ground forces to Syria to take on the Islamic State? And his answer was no. So uh, even this new effort to spur a new coalition and and. President Obama talked about that they were going to uh, the U.S. is going to, quote unquote, accelerate military action against the Islamic State. But it it sounded more like it was on the drawing board than in actuality at this point in time. His quote was the question now is, how can we accelerate it? That, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like just listening to these two leaders that there is going to be a dramatic intensification of attacks on the Islamic State at this point in time. One thing the two uh, leaders today both expressed frustration about was the inability to get the Russians to launch attacks against the Islamic State. I think it was a Reuters story that showed that about 80 to 85 percent of the Russian attacks so far from the air and with missiles in Syria have been launched against groups that are not the Islamic State. Some of those groups are ones that are being supported either by the Turks in this instance or by the United States and the CIA. You know what's fascinating about this? You know, here you have Francois Holland talking about building a a coalition of nations together. And all I'm thinking about is, wow, that should be America leading the way. But this president can't even say radical Islam. This president's out there lecturing the, the Republicans that are saying, don't bring in Syrian refugees because our intelligence officers are saying that we can't totally vet them and, and that ISIS is likely to infiltrate the refugee population, that somehow that they're discriminatory. That's where the president's head is at. Yeah, the, the French president's on what I would call a diplomatic blitz right now because uh, he met yesterday in Paris with the British prime minister. He came, obviously, to the White House today. He's flying back and will meet tomorrow with the German chancellor, Angela Merkel, who will be in Paris. And then on Thursday, President Hollande will go to Moscow to meet with Vladimir Putin. Obviously, that could have some different things discussed in it if there's still problems with Turkey that are there. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, I thought it was interesting today because... Clearly, Hollande was trying to put together a coalition, and the response of the White House both yesterday by the spokesman Josh Earnest and then today by President Obama was, well, we don't need a coalition. We already have a coalition of 65 different countries. But obviously, for a lot of people, a lot of critics of this administration and of the policy against the Islamic State, it's a coalition that isn't doing enough. And again, that's why I pointed out when it was asked of President Olan today, will you send ground troops to Syria to take on the Islamic State? The answer was no. 
which sort of leads you to the feeling that how is this new stepped-up effort against the Islamic State, how is it going to be different in the wake of the Paris attacks? I think you raise a lot of good points here. It seems that the talking point has become, by the Democrats, oh, Republicans are becoming a recruiting tool for ISIS because they are actually identifying an enemy. You know, what, what amazes me is with all of our intelligence officials warning that ISIS will infiltrate the refugee population, I can't believe, now the American people get it, 67% of Americans don't want to take in the population. You know, I think there are other ways we can help people. I'm a compassionate individual and a Christian, and I think we should provide food and water and medical supplies and even military assistance to keep people safe inside a safe zone in Syria. Uh, but to bring them here and gamble with American people's lives and the Democrats defending that, I don't see the, any good politics comes out of that for them. Do you? Uh, for the Democrats, yeah. Well, maybe n maybe not in the in the short term at this point in time. But uh, again, we did have an ad last week in the Louisiana governor's race that didn't seem to move the meter at all. So we'll see. I, I'm I'm always reluctant to. But wasn't to, wasn't wasn't Vitter a flawed candidate? Wasn't this that this whole campaign was over before those ads ran? Sure, but um, uh, but we haven't seen a lot of ads. I, I you know, uh, what I what I'm saying is I'm always reluctant to uh, to to say that something is going to work or it isn't going to work too fast because we just don't know how it's going to go on. And the president, it's obvious that he is not going to sign any bill, even if one gets to him about the issue of the Syrian refugees. And again, when the Congress comes back uh, next week after their Thanksgiving break, I would assume that Republicans in the Senate will try to push that bill. But as of right now, it doesn't look like that they'll have the 60 votes to push forward with it. I think you would agree with me that we're going to see, once we get back from Thanksgiving, an onslaught of ads now that are going to be, we're going to see the establishment pouring down on Trump and Cruz. Good, good uh, guess on my part? Um, I don't know about that. I think that uh, maybe the establishment will look at this, and uh, I think that the surge by Cruz and the, 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 the pulling back for Ben Carson that we've seen in a couple of polls and again in the new poll in Iowa, I think the establishment would be more than pleased to watch Cruz and Trump fight. Trump has shown that he, he will go after anybody who threatens him. And so far, Ted Cruz has never had the numbers to be close to uh, Donald now Trump. Now he does in Iowa. Now, if he does in Iowa and a few more polls, I would think that Trump is going to start going after Cruz. And, you know, they do have a number of differences, especially as we talked about in the last few weeks on immigration, where Cruz has never embraced what Trump has talked about in sending home the 11 million people who are here in the U.S. illegally. And so I'd be interested to see what Trump does mm -hmm. if Cruz continues well, Cruz to get closer second to him. In both the CBS, YouGov poll and the Quinnipiac poll, Cruz is now in second in with Iowa. 23 and 21 percent of the vote. Those are big numbers, a big jump for him. Oh, listen, if you look at the poll, Quinnipiac did one about a month ago in Iowa, and Trump went up five. He had come back a little. Carson, who had been well ahead, had been ahead of Trump, went down 10 Cruz went up 13, and that would feed into the narrative that we've been hearing on the ground in Iowa, that Cruz has been really taking Carson people away from him there in the Hawkeye State. He and had a Rubio really bad 10 days in terms of things that he said, and uh, I would also argue that his own campaign didn't help him by saying things about him as well.
Yeah, and and nobody else other than Rubio doing well in that poll. And really, that's what we're starting to see in most national polls and a lot of the state polls. Trump, Cruz, Carson, and Rubio, the top four interchangeably. Now, New Hampshire, a little different, obviously, with a little more support there for Kasich and for Chris Christie. Well, it's getting interesting, Jamie. All right, are you, uh, you're out for Thanksgiving, right? I am, yes. Have yourself a good Thanksgiving, Sean. Have a great we'll pick Thanksgiving. back up next week.